Welcome to the podcast of Ben Kruska, where every Wednesday there's a fresh word of faith and victory for your life. Now, here's Ben Kruska. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Who was here last week with us in the, in the Johan Cruijff Arena? We did part one last, last week. We'll do part two tonight of the glorious church. Um, you can just read the book too, but many of you don't read the book, so just preach on it. No, I'm teasing. Most of you have read the book. But um, tonight I want to speak about key elements of that glorious church that you and I are a part of. Whether you, the River Amsterdam is your home or whether you have another church home, God is raising up a glorious, victorious, end-time church in this day. Thank you. Well, let's read Isaiah 40. <laughs> Isaiah 40, we'll read um, starting verse 17. This is part of the vision that the Lord has given us for this house, but I believe it's vision for every Holy Ghost church. And uh, Isaiah 40, starting in verse 17. Sorry, Isaiah 41, starting in verse 17. It says, The poor and needy Seek water, but there is none. Many of you, before you came to the river, you were looking all over the Netherlands trying to find living water. You found none. It says, their tongues fail for thirst, but I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in desolate heights. Hallelujah. God has opened a river in Amsterdam. God is opening a river in Amersfoort. God is opening a river in Hofdorp. And God will open up many other rivers all over the nation. Amen. But maybe your church is not called the river. Maybe it's called another name. But hopefully it's a Holy Ghost river. A place where the river of God is flowing. Amen. All right. He says, I will open rivers in desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and the acacia tree, the myrtle and the oil tree. I will set in the desert the cypress tree and the pine and the box tree together, that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this and that the Holy One of Israel has created it. God is saying that there's thirsty people all around. Many of us a few years ago, we were thirsty people. Some of you were drinking from other things. <laughs> you were thirsty and you're trying to quench that thirst with, with other ways. But you found out very soon that, or sooner or later for some, that those things didn't quench your thirst. After a night out, you're still thirsty. After that relationship, you're still thirsty. After getting that job promotion, you're still thirsty. After getting all that money, you're still thirsty. Because those things don't satisfy the craving of the longing of the soul. Is that there's thirsty people all around looking for water. Jesus stood and spoke with a woman in John chapter 4. He was talking to this lady at a well. She was getting water from the well. And he was at the well speaking about a well. And he was the well. 
She was getting water and he said, can you give me something to drink too? And she said, you a Jew ask me a Samaritan for water? And he's like, if you knew who I was, you wouldn't, you wouldn't wait for me to ask you for water. You would ask water from me. And I would give you water, living water. That will, when you drink from it, you'll never thirst again. And that water will become inside of you a well of living water springing up to everlasting life. Some of you that, would, that answered that altar call earlier, you came to pray here up front. That's what happened with you. You got a well of living water on the inside of you now. Hallelujah. Jesus is the thirst quencher. Jesus is the one who satisfies the deep longings of the soul. No one else can. But Jesus physically is not on this earth right now. But his body is. He is the head. And we are the body. And he is moving through his body, the church, on this earth today. Amen. So he says, the thirsty are looking for water. They can't find anything. But I will open up a river. Amen. See, we're called the river. This school is called River Bible Institute. But, but it's just a, a biblical type of the, of the presence of God. The thirsty people can come to the oasis or to the river of God. And get their thirst quenched. That when you come. Last week I spoke with a young lady. She came all the way from Leeuwarden. On the train to come to church in the Johan Cruyff Arena. First time in church. She said from the moment I walked in. I just cried the whole time. I don't even know what was happening. But then she came forward. She gave her life to Jesus. She said it's wonderful. She said. People are hurting. People are thirsty. People are broken. People are looking for love in all the wrong places. But we have the answer that the world needs today. Yes. I keep saying it. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Yes. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great old school song. <laughs> but he said they're looking for water but they find none. They find none. That was one of the reasons I believe God sent my wife and I to this nation. To have a place where the Holy Spirit could move. I think God is tired of church, same old, same old. Church that entertains the sheep. Church that's just there as a social gathering. Church with no presence. Church with no power. I think God's even tired of it. Because He's like, where can I send my people? Where can I send those hurting people? Where can I send the broken ones? Where can I send those who are thirsty for living water? Where can I find it? Where can I find it? People in Holland, they are thirsty for something real. And they start looking in all kinds of other wells. Some go looking in other spiritual things. Other religions. But this nation used to be a Christian nation. Now they say it's a post-Christian nation. It's a secular land. But guess what? I got news for the devil. Yes. Hallelujah. This nation belongs to Jesus. And the destiny that God has for this land is still set in stone. It's written on the, in the word. He said, ask of me and I will give you the nations. But we've asked and he's given us this nation in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So if the devil was counting on a sick, weak, beaten church... 
hiding out in a corner. He's got a rude awakening coming because we're part of the glorious, victorious end time church that will not hide in a corner waiting for Jesus to come take us out. No, we're here to shine our light in dark places. Hallelujah. So if there's thirsty people, we're not hidden. We're the city on a hill. Amen. So we're not just keeping it here in the four, four walls. We got teams going out. You can't hide anymore. Only we're going, we're going on secular, we're on secular radio every Sunday. You can't hide. Soon we'll be on secular television. You can't hide. Hallelujah. Soon every media outlet available will be flooding with the gospel. Hallelujah. Soon in every town, in every city, we'll have home groups and churches that have the power of the Holy Ghost. See, in the Jerusalem church, which was a glorious church, of course. You know, with the book of Acts, you know, Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit was poured out. First day, they started with 120. Within a day, they added 3,000. Then the Bible says, and the Lord added daily those who are being saved. Hallelujah. That's God's plan for the church today. Daily salvations. <laughs> but did you notice? He said, I, God, Jesus, God added daily to the church. My wife preached on it this morning. Jesus is building his church. Jesus said, I will build my church. I said it last week too. Jesus is not building his ministry. He's not building his Bible school. He's not building his conference. He is building his church. Hallelujah. You and I, we all part of that church. A glorious church. Ephesians 5 verse 27 talks about it. That Jesus is preparing his bride as a glorious church. Without spot, without wrinkle. Without blemish. Glorious church. Yes. Hallelujah. A beautiful, glorious bride ready for his coming. That's what he's building. That's what he's preparing. So every single one of us has to be plugged into church. Not just any church, but we have to be plugged into that glorious church. Into that glorious end time church. That victorious church. Tonight I'm going to give some elements of that church. Because who you surround yourself with in a great measure will determine where you end up in life. They say even in secular, uh, you know, success gurus and stuff like that. They say, show me your five closest friends and I'll tell you where your life will be in five years. Right? So tell, show me your five closest relationships. Also, spiritually speaking, where will you end up in the next five years? It's largely dependent on what you surround yourself with. Some people, they're in places and they say, well, I'm going to bring transformation in this dead place. Good luck. If God departed from it, why would you still be there? It's true though. Somebody has to say it. No, some people trying to keep something alive that Jesus has already left. See, God is not stuck in a denomination. Thank God for every denomination. Thank God for every church in Holland. We need more churches. Amen. I'm not preaching against any church. I'm not preaching against any denomination. I'm preaching for what God wants to do. Amen. And God will use anything. God uses donkeys like me. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm not preaching against anything. I'm just stirring people. Because some people have a great glorious destiny on their life. But they're stuck in dead dinosaur dead denominations where Jesus has already left. Well, they used to have a great revival here in 1895. Yeah, but it died out in 1905. 
Why are you trying to keep alive something human, some human structure? That's what a lot of people are doing with their life. And one day they'll stand before Jesus and they'll give an account for their life. And you can't say, well, my denomination or, you know, my church. No, you, what did you do with your life? What did you do with the Holy Ghost? What did you do with that glorious destiny I've given you? It's an important day. So what are you surrounding yourself with? What are you, where are you planted? What are you, what are you a part of? See, they're thirsty for water, but God opens rivers. God has places where that fresh water is being supplied. Some people say, well, it's far away. I, I, I don't have anything in my area. Well, drive. Get on a train. Get on a bus. Jump on a camel. I don't care. Get to where God is moving. Amen. Some people stand before the Lord one day and it's like, Lord, I wanted to be part of revival, but it was two hours away. Oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. <laughs> two hours in an air-conditioned car. How terrible. <laughs> See, if we really want it, we go for something. When we want something, <laughs> you just got to want it enough. What do you really want? I don't know about you, I, 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 for, for a long time I was praying this prayer. I said, Lord, lock me in your presence and throw away the key. I don't want to be anywhere else. And God's not going to do that, of course, because it's your free will. <laughs> but it was just the only way I could describe what was going on inside of me. I want to be in the perfect will of God. I don't want to be in the permissive will of God. I don't want to be in just like, I don't want to be one of those Christians that says, how much can I still do? And get away with and still be a Christian. Can I still do, some, still do this and still be saved? Will I still make heaven if I do this? Wrong question. <laughs> You're hitting it from the wrong side. you got to go the other way and say, how crazy can I get for Jesus? How radical can I get? How much of this word can I see manifest in my life? How much can I bring heaven here? Hallelujah. Everybody say, Glorious Church. Glorious. Say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm, a I'm a part of the move of God move in my generation. generation. See, revival is not at some place. So, revival should be in you and in me, in every single one of us. That's why when we all come together, it's explosive because God loves the gathering of the saints together church but not a bunch of dead people that have to be raised from the dead but living people fiery believers full of zeal coming together all week long see Sunday is not a raising from the dead service Sunday is a celebration of all that God did Monday through Saturday <laughs> It's like, man, can you believe what the Lord did for me this week? Can you believe what the Lord did through me this week? Oh, hallelujah. I can't even. People, that people get tired and irritated with you. Gosh, every week you have a testimony. Oh, yes. Next week I'll have three. And the week after I have five. One for each day. Hallelujah. Come on. There's no boring days with Jesus. <laughs> 
It gets boring when you just relegate it to Sunday. Or to forms and rules and regulations. That's boring. It's for Monday, for Tuesday, for Wednesday. See, the glorious church is not just for Sunday. It's for every day of the week. Because you are that church. You are his hands and his feet, his mouthpiece. When you show up, lightness or darkness flees. Because light comes in. Jerusalem was such a powerful church. 3,000 were added. Then he added daily those who were being saved. And then ultimately they said in the city, they said, gosh, you have flooded the whole city with your teaching. That's what we're doing here in Holland. Hallelujah. That's what God is doing in this nation. It's not a big nation. God can flood the whole land with the teaching of Christ. That there's nowhere where the devil is safe. Hallelujah. If you go all the way to Leeuwarden or all the way south to Middelburg or, or Maastricht, Den Helder, even the Wadde Eiland. The devil's not safe there. Hallelujah. Because people will be talking about Jesus. People will be singing. People will be praying in tongues. People will be casting out devils. People will be laying hands on the sick. Everywhere you go in the land, somebody will come up to you and say, Hey, have you ever heard that? Has anyone ever told you that God loves you? Got a great plan for your life? Do you know that you go to heaven if you die? It's like, gosh, can I hide anywhere from these soul winners? <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're talking about seeing the nation flooded with the glory of God. That means that every member of the body is mobilized. That means that no one is just sitting with super glue in their seats. It's like, okay, I'm here on Sunday. That's my hope. No, come on. The glorious church is there for every day of the week. So a few elements of this glorious church. Number one, well, last week we spoke about how the glorious church obviously is full of the glory of God. we got to be carriers of the presence of God. Daily. Daily carriers of God's presence. Hallelujah. Some people visit God, but you can carry His presence everywhere you go. Your house can be a place when people walk in and say, ah. People can come around you. It's like, oh, I just like being around you. It's just, what is it about you? It's just peaceful. Oh, it's Jesus. The greater one living on the inside of you. I've had people that come and they, they come into my office and they're like, ah, man, I had all these troubles. But I, when I'm here, I'm just, I'm just, I'm okay. It's like, okay, you can take Jesus home with you. You don't have to come around me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I like my privacy. <laughs> no, it's Jesus. And Jesus said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He said, Hello, I'm with you even to the ends of the earth. I'm with you. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I'm coming back to you again. I'll send you my Holy Spirit. He won't just be with you, He'll be in you. Hallelujah. The Spirit of Christ dwelling on the inside of you. Becoming a carrier of the presence of God. Like Peter, he said, silver and gold I don't have to give you, but what I have. What do you have? What do you have to give to your world? Every believer can be a carrier of the presence of God. 
Like the Old Testament, we read it last week, how the temple was filled with the cloud of God's glory. That's a picture of you and me being filled. You and I being filled with that cloud. And you just follow the cloud all day long. <laughs> That's what we're doing here tonight. We're just following the cloud. It's like, oh, I, gotta, I feel the call of this person. Why do I want to go? Just call. Oh, how, why are you calling me? I just felt to call you. Oh, thank you. I really needed a call. That's following the cloud. So this glorious church is full of glory. Number two, this glorious church is a church that shines brightly with the gospel. We can't hide this good news. We couldn't kneel on the stool of Bankerskuyen. We're going to shine it for the whole world to see. Hallelujah. All, the whole world has to hear. And the whole world has to know that there's a Savior. That Jesus came to this world. You don't have to go to a devil's hell. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came. The Son of the living God. And gave his life so you don't have to be dead. You can be alive with God's life. You can have eternal life. You can have relationship with God. In Matthew 24 verse 14, Jesus said that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached as a witness to all nations. And then the end shall come. Hallelujah. This gospel must be preached. This gospel of the kingdom must be preached as a witness to every nation. Holland's got to hear it. Germany's got to hear it. Belgium's got to hear it. France's got to hear it. Poland's got to hear it. Spain's got to hear it. My, my knowledge of nations. Italy, Greece, Turkey, Portugal. They all got to hear it. Even the Scandinavian countries. We gotta, they're so cold over there, they need some fire. Thank God for the River Helsinki over there. <laughs> the nations got to hear the gospel because the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 let's, let's read it quickly verse 11 Romans 10 verse 11, for, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? So people got to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. But then it goes on. Verse 14, how then shall they call on him? In whom they have not believed. How will the Dutch people call on Jesus if they haven't believed in Jesus? But how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How can you believe that Jesus is your Savior that, and receive this gift of eternal life if you don't know it's available? How can you believe in something you never heard of? You'd be surprised in Holland. You ask one of the soul winners, you'd be surprised how many people in Holland have never heard. Hey, do you know that God loves you? No, I've never heard that. Have you ever prayed? No, I've never prayed for you. Do you know for sure you go to heaven? No, I have no idea. Jesus is just a cuss word to them. They've never heard. How shall they call on him whom they have not believed? 
And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You say, well, thank God, Ben Kruske is here. He's going to do it. No. No. <laughs> I'll do my part, but I can't do it all. None of us is called to do it all. Jesus had the fullness of the Spirit. He had the Spirit without measure, but he gave all to us a measure. And we all carry a measure. And we all can do our part. We can all stand in our place. And everyone, some, some people say, well, I'm not an evangelist. I'm more, you know, pastoral person. More of a teacher. I'm more prophetic. See, if you prophesy a few times, it doesn't make you a prophet. Amen. But everyone can prophesy, the Bible says. So people say, well, I'm not an evangelist. But you can still evangelize. Jesus told his disciples, all of his disciples, he said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Amen. Everyone. Every single one. Every one of us can win somebody to Jesus. Amen. We can all, each one can reach one and each one can teach one. Hallelujah. We can all reach a soul for Christ. We can all pluck somebody out of the claws of the devil and say, come with me to the, into the kingdom of God. Today, 22 young people... And many of them, you speak with them afterwards, like brought by someone. Hallelujah. So you can go and tell. Do you know that Jesus loves you? Or you can say, come and see. There's many ways. If you're like, well, I don't know. Then just bring them. Bring them in. If they walk in, they're saved. It's very hard to escape this place. Hallelujah. It's a vacuum cleaner of the Holy Ghost. If I don't catch you, Annalise will catch you on the way out. Hallelujah. <laughs> but there's many people who never enter this building, but that can be reached by someone who opens their mouth. You say, but I'm timid, I'm shy. Just come in the Holy Ghost tonight and we'll fix that. <laughs> Hallelujah. A little bit more of fire will burn all that timidity out. <laughs> so this glorious church doesn't keep the gospel to themselves. Many churches die out for this very reason. Because they don't purpose to win souls. They don't purpose. They don't make it their main mission to reach new people. What happens when you don't reach new people? You become a dead swamp. Instead of a live river. The river's got to flow. The water's got to flow. It can't sit still. It's going to stink. When you stop reaching out as a church, you know what you get? It's like, oh, Mark looked at me strange. I don't know why he's done that. Oh, but Pastor David doesn't treat me right. He treats other people nice, but not me. <laughs> and so you get this nitpicking. You get this like novel pleasure. Because you're not focused on the mission field out there. You start focusing on the little dumb things. Put your eyes on the harvest. Jesus said, don't say four more months and then comes the harvest. But look up, for the harvest is ripe. Hallelujah. He said, the laborer receives wages. Come on, eternal wages and blessings on earth. There's a great blessing in being a harvester. How many soul winners we got here? Hallelujah. How many soul winners we got out there on YouTube? Come on, it's time to win souls before Jesus comes back. Jesus said this, he said, I make you, the church, a city on a hill. I make you the salt of the earth.
can't hide your light. He said, don't shove it under, a, under the bed. Let your light shine before men. Don't keep it to yourself. Some people say, during COVID, they said, oh, keep your religion to yourself. It's against our religion to keep our religion to ourselves. <laughs> we have a commandment from the head who says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. If it looks like a creature, preach the gospel to them. Hallelujah. So this glorious church is a soul winning church. It's a church who shines brightly with the gospel. A church who doesn't keep that light hidden, but it's a church that says, we're not ashamed. Romans 1.16 is a very important verse. Paul said this, he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. For the Jew first and then for the Greek and then also for the Dutch. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Otherwise only crystals could get saved. Here. <laughs> the only Greek person in this room as far as I know. Oh, we got another one. Okay, okay. Two people. What about the rest of us? You the chosen ones? <laughs> no, he said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of my Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the blood. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of speaking in tongues. I'm not ashamed of my church. I'm not ashamed of the word of God. I'm a Bible believing, tongue talking, rolling on the floor, hallelujah, shouting, dancing, preacher, hallelujah. And I'm gonna do that no matter what anyone thinks, no matter what anyone says, I'm going to serve Jesus for the rest of my days. I'm not ashamed. Oh, hallelujah. Even if no one shows up, I'm going to be the same. Hallelujah. That's the mentality you have to have. And only the fire of the Holy Ghost can burn that in you. Many people are stuck in the fear of man. They're like, oh, what are people going to think if I go to the river? Who cares what people are going to think? People think you're crazy anyway. No, it's like... Okay, you can go to a dead church. People still think you're crazy you're going to church. Might as well do go to a church where you have fun. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, if terrorists come and say, convert now to our religion or otherwise we kill you. Or, Let me ask you, what kind of a Christian are you? Well, I'm just a so-and-so Christian. Oh, okay, you're not one of those river people. Oh, okay, then we let you go. No, it's not going to be like that. Christian, you believe in Christ? Yes, okay, dead. All right? So might as well go all in. Amen. Might as well be a real Bible-believing Christian. Might as well believe in healing. Might as well believe in prosperity. Might as well believe in reaching the lost. Might as well be full of the Holy Ghost. Might as well have excessive joy and abundant peace. Might as well enjoy the blessing of God while we're at it. If the world is going to persecute us anyway, might as well get the fullness of the gospel. Hallelujah. Come on, if that's you, let your shout be the loudest tonight. Hey. Hallelujah. We're not going down quiet. See, what if they start persecuting? What if people will die for their, for their faith? What if people will start getting shot or executed because they go to church? What are we going to do? Think, oh, I'm just going to... No! No! We'll be like John Wayne. Make my day. Hallelujah. Come on. 
this is not our home. We're just passing through. We're not in, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're full of heaven. That's why we have revival nights like tonight, where people can taste of heaven. So you know, like, oh man, the world can't offer me any of this. When God becomes so real to you, then everything else doesn't, you know, can't compare with how real Jesus is. When you taste of that, <laughs> what else are you going to do with your life? Then just go all in with Jesus. Huh? Some people are just standing like, oh, I kind of want to live my life. And kind of like also be, go all in my friends. Some people say, well, I'm, I'm a little old. Come on, we need some fiery older people. We need some Holy Ghost grannies and Holy Ghost grandpas that just cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. Others say, well, I'm just young. I'm just a teenager. I'm, I'm in high school. Come on, it's a great time. It's a great time when everyone else is going one way. You say, no, I'm going this way. I'm going to show the Lord. I'm faithful to the Lord. I, I'll, I'll be in the secret place. Well, that, where, while they are doing things that they'll regret in five years, I'll be doing things that build my life up. That in five years you find me. I'll be strong. I'll be preaching the gospel. I'll be making a difference in my world. Hallelujah. They might all be sinning. They might all be compromising, but not me. I'm, I'm planted in the courts of God. I'm shining brightly with the gospel they might all make fun of me but I'm gonna bear fruit for Jesus hallelujah I'm not gonna deny my Savior I'm going all in with Jesus come on some teenagers let your amen be loud tonight hallelujah amen. say I'm not ashamed of the gospel I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost I'm not ashamed of the Word of God I'm a Bible-believing, tongue-talking, revivalist. Your shout is making the devil nervous right now. <laughs> Some people say, well, what can, what can I do? I'm just little old me. Little, little me, what can little me do? Greater is he who lives in you than he that is in this world. You and God are a majority. Little you, what are you talking about, little you? Little you plus great big him. If God be for you, who can be against you? I believe I'm speaking to a group of people that will make a difference in this world. That a hundred years from today, if Jesus tarries, they'll still be talking about what God did through you. I believe I'm speaking to a group of people who, say, who don't say, oh, well, one day God, God did it in the past or one day he will do it. No, I believe I'm speaking to a group of people that say today is the day of salvation. These are not the days of Elijah. These are the days of me. Oh, this is the day of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get filled up, I'm going to get fired up, I'm going to get prayed up, and I'm going to pour it out on my world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Sit down. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> God. <laughs> I like Sunday nights. Hallelujah. Sunday morning, Pastor Ben. Sunday night, Evangelist Ben. Hallelujah. <laughs> Joseph's father gave him a coat of many colors. Beautiful coat. But his brothers made fun of him. His half-brothers. They're part of his father's house, but they weren't really the same. They're a little different. <laughs> you know that God, your father, gave you a coat of many colors as well? The clothing of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8, he said, Tarry here in Jerusalem, and you shall be endued with power from Anna. He said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be witnesses unto me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even into Amsterdam and uttermost parts of the world. He said, You shall be clothed with power, and the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He wants to clothe you in the power of the Holy Spirit. The coat your father gives you. It's a coat of many colors. You stand out in this world when you're filled with the Spirit. You stand out in this world when you're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You stand out in this world when you come to the river. <laughs> when you come to Bible school, you just start believing, you pray for the sick and you believe when you go to the dentist that you don't need drilling, but you just, God will fill that tooth. Amen. But just like with Joseph, some people might mock you. Joseph, his brothers, half-brothers, mocked him, ridiculed him, threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery, persecuted him for the coat that he had. Jealousy. Jealousy. Don't be surprised when people start ridiculing you, even in your family. Close circles at your work. Oh, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I went to church. Oh, fun life. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should come and check it out. <laughs> but Joseph kept his heart right through it all. He never let his heart become bitter or hardened. He just kept pouring out. Kept being his best. <laughs> Even when he was made king in, 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 in Egypt or governor. And his brothers came and bowed before him. He didn't just throw him in prison. He could have. But he didn't. No bitterness. Just forgiveness. The coat had been taken away from him. But he really was still wearing it. That royalty. <coughs> the garments of a king. See, it's not so much what happens on the outside, it's much more what's happened on the inside. You're there, you're filled with God's presence, you have the DNA of God on the inside of you. The Bible says in Peter that we have been made partakers of the divine nature. <laughs> God's nature we've become partakers of. Before we were partakers of the devil's nature. Sin and carnality and selfishness and greed and all these different things. But now we have God's nature of love and kindness and forgiveness and mercy. 
So we can't be ashamed of the coat our Father gave us. Let me talk about my, my next point, actually. And this glorious, that's this glorious church shines bright with purity and holiness. It's a pure church, a pure bride. Ephesians 5, 27, I quoted it earlier. How he's preparing his church as a glorious church without spot, without blemish. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, it says, let your garments always be white and let your head never lack oil. Purity. Living pure and holy in a carnal and filthy world. Separated. Last week we closed the service with a call of consecration to the Lord. Where you say, Lord, I, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be where you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say. Not my will, but your will be done. Setting yourself apart. Holiness. Separated from the world. Separated unto God. I'm set apart. You're set apart. From this world. You're different. Joseph was different wearing that coat. He was set apart amongst his brothers. It bothered the people around him. But it didn't matter. Separated. You and I were separated. Consecrated. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A chosen generation. Pulled out of darkness to declare his marvelous light. We're different. Say, I'm different. I'm different. The world goes one way, but we go another way. Not because we're trying to be rebellious or anything or, or, or contrary, but we're, 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 we're just of a different family. We're holy people. Pure people. The world has their way of doing things. We have another way of doing things. The glorious church. Shines bright with purity and holiness. Let's read this scripture in Timothy. 2 Timothy. 1, 1 verse 6. I'll read it in the Amplified. Maybe we can put the Amplified on the screen. Amplified classic. 2 Timothy 1 6. Paul tells his spiritual son. And I'm telling all of us today as well, by the Holy Ghost. He says, that is why I would remind you to stir up, to rekindle the embers of and fan the flame of and keep burning. Everybody say, keep burning. Keep burning. Fan, the flame. fan the flame. The gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. See, he says... Keep the fire burning, that inner fire. Fire is a purifier. It purifies. The Bible talks about it in Malachi, how God sits as the purifier of the, the refiner of silver, and he refines and purifies the sons of Levi so that they can bring a sacrifice in holiness and impurity. One thing God dislikes or maybe even hates is mixture. A little bit of God and a little bit of this world. 
a little bit of truth and a little bit of lie. A little bit of holiness and a little bit of impurity. God dislikes that big time. We have to be people without any mixture. That's really what integrity is. It means wholeness. Being whole. Without mixture. Without added ingredients. Just holy and totally consecrated and separated and dedicated to Him. Like David said, he said in Psalm 27, he said, one thing. Ever say one thing. One thing. Not two, three, three, five, six, seven. One thing I desire. One thing I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That I may gaze and behold the beauty of the Lord. One thing. Jesus said, if your eye is single, you'll be full of light. Your heart will be full of light. Single focused. Not divided in loyalty. Not divided in commitment. James says it this way. He says, adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Fijandschap met God. You can't have two loves. You gotta love the one who gave his all for you. Fully in love, burning with zeal and passion for Jesus. The only way to stay pure in an impure world is by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Because the fire is a protector. In the, in the bush in Africa, they'll build a fire. At night, before they go to sleep there, they build a fire when it gets dark. And they stay close to that fire all night long. Number one, it keeps them warm. But number two, it keeps the wild animals away. The Bible says the, that the enemy goes around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But those people in, in the bush, they stay close to that fire. The a animals will be lurking in the dark. You can even see the eyes blinking in the bushes. They'll, they are attracted by that fire, but they don't want to come near it. They're afraid of it. So as long as they stay close, as you stay close to the fire, the animals won't come near you. But when you step out away from that fire, away from that glorious church, away from those relationships that as iron sharpens iron, away from the move of God, away from a fiery church, you start stepping away from the word. Because the entrance of his word gives light. So every time you open the book, it's like the sword of the spirit cutting in your heart. Transforming you. Making you more and more into that same image from glory to glory. But people will start stepping away from it slowly. Slowly the little foxes that come to spoil the vine. And guess what? Before they know it, they're so out in the shadows that the enemy is not afraid to grab a hold of them. You gotta stay close to the fire of the Holy Ghost. You gotta keep that fire burning on the inside of you. See, no one else can do that for you. Of course, we help you here. But the big thing is, he said, 
fan the flame. Rekindle the embers of that inner fire. Keep it burning. How do you keep it burning? Keep the wood on it. The wood of the word. Just keep the wood on it. Keep feeding that fire with new wood. Keep putting the word on it. Keep, keep coming under the oil of the Holy Ghost. Keep spending time in the presence of God in the secret place of the Most High. And stay away from everything that will spot your garments. See, when, you're, when you got that inner fire burning passionately, the enemy might try to come and with temptation or whatever, but you're just like... <laughs> <laughs> but when the fire dies down, you get less sharp. Your boundaries fade. Little compromise here, little compromise there before you know that's not going to be you. Say, not me. Not me. Say, I'm staying, on fire. I'm staying on fire. Thank you, Holy Ghost, you, Holy Ghost. For, helping for helping me run my race, run my race. Till, my till my last day. Thank you, Lord. Only by the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Without Him, we'd all be a big mess. <laughs> He'll protect you. I told you the story about how I came to Bible school in the U.S. And one of the first weeks, uh, I was walking into class that day. And this young lady came up to me and my brother. Oh my gosh, you're the Dutch boys. And inside of me, a Holy Ghost alarm. Like on Monday, the first Monday of the month, you have that alarm going off. <laughs> inside of me, it was like... Eh, 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 eh. So, but what do you do with that? Samson was anointed, separated from his birth. A Nazarite. Meaning, his head was not allowed to be shaved. His hair had to grow. And he could not touch anything from the vine. No grapes, no wine, no raisins, no grape juice. Powerful guy. One day... When the enemy came, he grabbed a donkey's jawbone and killed a thousand guys with that. Powerful. They would tie him up and he'd just break the chains. They could not handle this guy by the power of the Holy Ghost. But then what did he do? He was not allowed to have grapes, not allowed to have wine, not allowed to have raisins, nothing from the vine, right? You know where he found this woman that caused him to compromise, Delilah? You know where he found her? In the valley of good grapes. Seriously, read the Bible. In the book of Judges. In the valley of good grapes. You know what I'm wondering? Samson, what the heck are you doing there? <laughs> See, it's one thing to stand at an altar in the Johan Cruyff Arena and say, Lord, my life is yours. But it's another thing. To really live that out and not go on Saturday or go on the next day or the next day or another month or the next year and go snooping around the valley of good grapes. What you doing there? What you looking for? Oh, I can't have any of this. I'm not touching any of it. I'm not doing anything here. No, but why are you there? The Bible says flee the appearance of evil. 
run from it. If it looks evil, have nothing to do with it. You say, Ben, you're getting legalistic. No, I'm trying to save your soul. Because there's one way to, one thing to start well. It's a whole other thing to end well. And I'm going to see you end well in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. May these words resound in your heart and in your ears like a loud alarm the next time you're considering doing something stupid. The next time you're feeling down and out and lonely or whatever and that old friend with benefits texts you. Want to hang and you know where this leads? May you hear my voice yelling in your ears. The next time the enemy comes with this snaky tongue to lie to you and say, oh, you're not called. You're not really, why are you in that Bible school? You're not going to do anything for God. You might as well forget it. You're not, you're not like the others. The others get more touched than you. You can just forget about it. You, you hear my voice. To, <laughs> you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in your heart saying, no, greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. I have a coat that my father gave me. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to take steps back. I'm going to move forward with Jesus. I'm going to shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until that glorious day that he comes for me. When Jesus comes to take me home, he will not find me lukewarm or happy have he's gonna find me shining brighter than ever before he's gonna find me more fruitful than ever before he's gonna find me more radical than ever before in the name of Jesus come on let that be burned inside your spirit tonight the Bible says about Jesus that passion zeal for the Lord's house ate him up consumed him our God is a consuming fire let the sacrifice of your life be fully consumed by the fire of the Holy Ghost that we don't live our lives living for ourselves but we live our lives for the glory of the King this glorious church I got two more. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not rushing. <laughs> this glorious church is a radically prosperous church. Okay, I'll move on. I'll go to the next point. You don't want to hear that. Huh? This glorious church is a radical, prosperous church. In Isaiah 1 verse 19, the Bible says that if you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the decent stuff. What does it say? You eat the good of the land. Everybody say, the best is for me. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm the seed of Abraham. All of Abraham's blessings are mine. I, believe, I really believe that. And I believe that's because we believe this is one of the reasons we're in these buildings. 
Because the church, long enough, has been, because, you know, the Bible gives this story of in Ecclesiastes where there's a, there's a poor wise man who had the wisdom to save the city, but the poor man's wisdom was despised because he was poor. We have wisdom from heaven, heavenly wisdom, to see this nation shaken, to see this nation transformed, to, to, to resolve the drug problem, to resolve all kinds of problems. It's in the church. The answer for the needs of the world today is in the church. Jesus is the answer for the world today. But if the church is poor, the wisdom is despised. Because the world doesn't see the heart, the world looks at the outside. God looks at the heart, the world looks at the outside. But I believe one of the signs and the characteristics of the end time church is that the wealth of the wicked that is laid up for the just will be transferred into the hands of the righteous. So when he leads us out, we'll be led out with silver and gold. Amen. I really believe that the church in these last days will stir up the world to, for jealousy. And people are like, oh, gosh, these Christians, we could count them out a few generations ago. But now, it's like, what is it with these, all the things we want, all the things we crave for, all the things we desire, they just added to them. Amen. They got the best buildings. They got the best cameras. They got the best airtime on television. They got the best stadiums. The stadiums we built for our football and our sports, they're being taken by the church of Jesus Christ. The world is going to be like, what is this? What kind of church is this? It's the glorious end time church. Hallelujah. It's the church that Jesus is coming back for. Oh, hallelujah. He's not coming back for a weak, defeated church, sitting in a corner, singing Kumbaya, my Lord. He's coming back for a church that floods the nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And God is going to ensure that the wealth of the wicked comes into our hands. Not so that we can be greedy and compromise. No, but so that we can preach this gospel to every nation. Yes. There's an urgency in this hour. You know, in the book of Exodus, when, when Israel went out of Egypt... They had been slaves 400 years, but they didn't go empty-handed. It's a sign, it's a, it's a shadow of the rapture. They didn't go empty-handed, they didn't go sick. They went victorious. They went loaded down with silver and gold. There was not one sick or feeble one among their tribes. It was a sign and a wonder to the Egyptians. But still their heart was hardened, the Egyptians' heart. So that God could judge them once and for all. It will be the same. At the rapture, the church will be so glorious, so present, undeniably present in society. Signs and wonders. In the best place, you, you won't be able to hide from the church anymore. So that when we go, no one will have an excuse. After we go, some people say, oh man, I should have been a part of that. Let me repent now. They'll have seven years to do so. The last one is the glorious church is a victorious church. 
Second Corinthians 2 verse 14. <laughs> oh, chakra basati la rosatai. Oh, riboste pakati astea. Hallelujah. Oh, rebeste keti astaya. Whatever battle you were facing up till today, the battle has been won and the victory has been won. Oh, whatever was blocking your advancement, it is removed tonight by the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So rejoice because the victory is yours. You can stay standing, because I'll wrap it up with this. Second Corinthians, you're standing, I know I'm supposed to wrap up. Second Corinthians 2, verse 14, it says, Thanks be to God. Oh. <laughs> Thanks be to God, who always... Who always causes us to triumph through Christ. Oh, hallelujah. This glorious church that you are a part of, that you are a member of, that you are a living stone in, is not a defeated church. It's a victorious church. You are on the winning side. <laughs> hallelujah. Who always causes us to triumph. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Faith will move a mighty mountain. Faith in God will turn a desert into a fountain. Faith in God. Nothing is impossible when you believe in Him who always causes us to triumph through Christ. The devil might have thought he had your family. He had it all in the bag. He had got you depressed and down and out and discouraged and defeated in the path that God had for you. And he thought that you were, gonna, you were just about to throw in the towel. But then you came to this Sunday night. Oh. And there was a big angel with a big injection needle injecting you with some Holy Ghost super faith. <laughs> And just when, you, when he thought you were about to throw in the towel and you were going to quit and your face had turned totally sour. A big angel injected you and poured a buckle of Holy Ghost oil all over you. The word came inside of you and you saw that through Christ he always, 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 always in all circumstances causes you to triumph. Gives you the victory. So you're not in this thing to be defeated. You're not in this thing to be down and out and discouraged. The only one who needs to be down and out, the only one who needs to be discouraged is the enemy because he is under your feet and he is staying under your feet 
So tonight, with a big shout of praise, let's remind the devil where he's at. He's not over you. He's not even at the same level. He is under your feet. And you have the victory in Jesus. At the Jericho, in Jericho, when they had to surround the city for six days, at the seventh day, they shouted, shout for the Lord has given you the victory. You know, they shout and the walls start falling down. Many people probably would love to come when the walls have come down. But how many people, it takes a special kind of people to walk around those walls for six days while they're still standing. And everything is shooting at you. You're not going to make it. You're going to fail. You're going to be defeated. You're wasting your time. You're not really called. Your life doesn't matter. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. All these different things. You're always going to stay alone. Nobody wants to marry you. Lies. So you might have gone around that city for six days. And you've come into this service tonight. <laughs> but tonight I have a word from heaven for you. Shout for the Lord has given you the victory. Every wall will come crashing down. Hey, every obstacle will move. Shout victory is mine. <laughs> come on, just take a moment and rejoice in the Lord. Just rub it in the face of the enemy. I'm on the winning side. I have the victory. I'm not going to be defeated. Christ lives in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, how does it feel to win? <laughs> victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Sing it again. Come on. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength. 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 
The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Name above all names. King above all kings. Lord above all lords. Oh, hallelujah. Mountains are moving. Chains are falling. Sickness is leaving. Hey, victory is mine. Hallelujah. When the enemy came against Jehoshaphat, they first got really afraid. They're like, oh my gosh, we can never win. But then they fasted and prayed and the word of the Lord came. And the Lord said, stand still. For you won't need to fight in this battle because the Lord will fight for you. So they didn't just stay still. They took it a step further. They went to the battlefield with singing and praising. And the Bible says that while they began to praise... The Lord set ambushments against the enemy. And the enemy was so confused that they turned upon each other and killed each other. So that when Israel showed up, when Judah showed up to the battlefield, everyone was dead. They didn't have to lift a finger. All they had to do was just shout and praise and sing and rejoice. But you know what they did have to do? They had to gather up the spoil three days long. Hallelujah. There's this old song. It says, I went to the enemy's camp. I took back what he stole from me. I see you doing that throughout all of 2024. Taking what the devil stole from you. Taking what he stole from your family. Saying, hey, this is my inheritance. Hallelujah. We're not going to be the punching bag of the enemy. We're going to be the glorious church that Jesus bled and died for. Hallelujah. And you might feel like, oh, I'm not strong on my own. But you know what? You're surrounded with a bunch of people. And in this togetherness, where there's two or three to gather in his name, there he is in the midst. There he is right in the center. And when Jesus is at the center, who will dare to come against him? The lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to today's message. To be notified of new episodes, just hit the subscribe button. And to connect with Ben on social media, you can find him at Ben Kruska on Instagram and Facebook.